CHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What is an out of the body experience? Are there different kinds? Can they be dangerous? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 372nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and asking those uh, rather strange questions is my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So, if you have uh, your own questions or you would like to talk with our guest on the subject of OBEs this evening, feel free to call in, and the uh, numbers tonight are 248-545-SOUL. Again, that's 248-545-SOUL. 7685. Or if you're listening on the computer, you can use the nifty little instant feedback gizmo on your screen. So let's get straight to our guest. Well, born in London, Graham Nichols is the author of two books, Avenues of the Human Spirit and Navigating the Out of the Body Experience. He is a specialist on OBEs, of course, and related research, and says he has left his body many hundreds of times over the last 25 years. In his research into human consciousness, Graham has collaborated with scientists, including Rupert Sheldrake. He has also spent many years teaching and guiding people through their own first OBEs, both in person and through his one-on-one online coaching course. Among other places, Graham has lectured at Cambridge University, the Theosophical Society, the London College of Spirituality, and London Science Museum. He has been widely featured in the British media, including the BBC, The Independent, The Telegraph, The Daily Express and at the Times, as well as many others. His website, www.grahamnichols.com, and he's speaking to us tonight from his home in Estonia. Thank you for staying up so late, Graham. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, so, Graham Nichols, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Um, thank you for having me. All right, so let's just start off with a really simple question here. Uh, what is an OBE, or out-of-the-body experience? Um, well, the way I usually define it is a multi-sensory experience of being at, at another location separate from from your physical body. So I don't necessarily see it as literally a spirit coming out of the body necessarily. Um, I'm kind of open to what exactly is taking place there. But the way I look at it is the your personal experience is of being at another location, which could be on another level of reality or it can be in this physical reality but separated away from your normal sensory awareness, but, but using all of the senses at the same time. So but I suppose the main senses are usually uh, sight, hearing, um, the, the main ones that we use in our everyday life, probably. Uh, smell and touch seem to be less apparent, although they are sometimes reported. So it sounds like a pseudo-physical experience. Yeah, you could say that for sure. All right, so what causes OBEs? Well, I think there's a wide range of um, situations that they arise. Um, People generally separate them out into categories, and they talk about something like a near-death experience, for example, as being very uh, distinct from an out-of-body experience. But I I generally think of they're just different shapes or different uh, contexts for the out-of-body experience, really. So... I think they can be caused by a traumatic experience like a, 
a cardiac arrest or a, or an accident or something of that nature, but they can equally be um, caused by some kind of uh, deep trance state, like meditation, um, shamanic work, um, some form of sensory deprivation. Um, I often use immersion in my own work because I think it gets you into a into a deeper trance-like state, and then the outer body experience is often easier to to achieve from that kind of state. So immersion in water. No immersion in. It, I mean, by that I mean using all of the senses. So, for example, oh. you could be. It could be. It's like a form of sensory deprivation. I've created uh, structures and. Um, technology that that put you into a, an altered state by stimulating your hearing, stimulating your vision, um, maybe lifting you off the ground. So there's this whole sense of you being in a different state, actually using your physical senses, and that can then inspire or instigate the the outer body experience. So it's kind of a a way of getting the message to your unconscious mind that you want to have the out-of-body experience. So what kind of experiences do people generally have during these experiences? Well, again, I, I think it's it's very, very varied. It, it ranges from the classic out-of-body experience, which is probably being above your body, looking down at yourself. Um, that's probably the most readily um, reported um, of all the types of experiences. But then... At the same time, it can be things like finding yourself in a completely different location, uh, on the other side of the planet, outside of the planet even. Um, some people report going into other levels of reality straight away. Um, there are, there, there's a real experiences that people report. Um, and that's one of the fascinating areas with the out-of-body experience, I think, is that there, there's so much potential and there's so many different types of experiences, different types of people that, that go through these kinds of events and um, the journeys that they go on and, and the transformation that it has in their lives as well. So I think it's a really, really wide experience. Hmm. Okay, so uh, what is the silver cord? Okay, some some people report a silver cord. Um, it's not something I've ever seen personally. Um, and actually very few of the people I work with um, ever report it. Um, so part of me feels that maybe it's it's something that's uh, become a part of the mythology of out-of-body experiences, that maybe it's something that derives from uh, belief systems from the past, the esoteric traditions, maybe occult literature, um, it, it's very it's very hard to say whether it's a tangible real thing or whether it's something that that people simply report because they've 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 heard about it or they've been influenced by it or maybe it's some kind of project projection of uh, an unconscious need to to feel that they're still connected to their physical body in some way um, it, it's it's again it's one of these fascinating open questions with with the out body experience that we can still explore whether there is some kind of energy connection i'm not i'm not even sure that there's an energy body so whether there's an energy connection between the, the body and the physical the energy body and the physical body that opens up a whole another set of questions again so 
I, I think um, I think at this point in time, I lean towards the idea that we're dealing with some form of extended consciousness. So, I suppose the the idea of a of a chord in that way um, doesn't doesn't really ring very true to my experiences and and the research I've done. So, can OBEs be dangerous? I don't. I don't feel that they are. Um, I've, I've never really heard anything that's given me the impression that they're dangerous in any way. In my own experiences, they've been only positive, and um, that there's been experiences that maybe you could say were um, showing me things that were darker, like maybe some kind of terrorist attack and things like that that I've seen in my out of body experiences. They were actually precognitive in nature. Um, so there's been things like that within my experiences, but nothing that I would associate as being some form of negative force or, or entity or anything like that. Mm. And I've uh, spoken to people um, about those kinds of things. Some people have seen or witnessed things that they've interpreted in that way. But again, I haven't, haven't come across anyone who's had any real detrimental impact from that. And, and again, I think it could be some some uh, form of projection of our own our own unconscious fears needs that kind of thing it's very interesting I, I must say that it's a relief to hear that you are not married to the uh, old as you call it the occult tradition or the spiritualist interpretation of these things because uh, as we've and I, I, I have not done well the, the subject of OBEs has come up Frequently in my 42 years of work in the paranormal, but it hasn't, and particularly during uh, when I was a seminary student working in psychiatric hospitals, uh, that, that would come up. And, and many people would ask, what's the difference between an OBE and an NDE, an out of the body experience and a near death experience? But I'm very glad to hear that you uh, are open minded to a number of things. And we tend to agree uh, with, with what you say, at, at least as certainly as far as being open minded, because we really just don't know. I have serious doubts about the spirit body or astral body theory uh, simply because it doesn't seem to me that a person can, as, as I wrote to you, I think, uh, off the air, that a person can be a full human being with full memories, imagination, and knowledge, etc., without the body. It's, it's, it's a unified being. Uh, the dualism can kill you. <laughs> but uh, to get back to the question that I asked, what, what is the difference, in your opinion, between near-death experiences and OBEs. Could some near-death experiences, as described, be out-of-the-body experiences, uh, or is that just a false conundrum? For me, they're very closely related. And and in, in actual fact, I, I think even a lot of the, the classic NDEs that are talked about um, are, are really um, very close to being out-of-body experiences in the sense that the person is not always uh, close to death. Um, sometimes what's, what's packaged as a near-death experience was actually an out-of-body experience um, because the person wasn't really near to death. They were just in a, in a traumatic state or, yeah. or they it's were in a... Yeah. Sorry? Uh, that's happened to me twice. Okay. Uh, well, um, we'll get into that uh, later, but <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, so, so I, I think that I think that really they're they're on a they're on a, a line, a sort of continuum of different different levels of the same kind of experience. I think all all psychical experiences, in a way, are probably one experience in a sense. We're just talking about 
different depths and different uh, levels of sensory awareness. Um, when, when you think about mediums or different uh, people who report psychical experiences, they often will describe themselves as, say, uh, clairvoyant or clairaudient. They'll, they'll separate their senses out. One will, one will be more visual, another will be more auditory in the way that they experience things. And I think that really what you're having when you have an out-of-body experience is that you're having all of those senses activated rather than just the auditory or the visual or whatever. Um, instead, yeah. instead, you're experiencing the whole thing, including some often some Oop. kinetic I'm or sorry, I have to interrupt sense. you. We have to pause for a break. But we will okay. be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, with our fascinating guest, Graham Nichols, in just a moment. So stay with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And here we are again with our guest, Graham Nichols, expert on OBEs or out-of-the-body experiences. I know Ben has another question, but I wanted to give... Graham, a chance to finish his uh, explanation of the, the difference or, or his, his comments on the difference between out-of-the-body experiences and near-death experiences. So uh, please proceed uh, from where I so rudely interrupted you a few minutes ago. <laughs> um, well, it's essentially, it, it's that I see them, I, I see these, these experiences on a kind of a line of different experiences where in, in one you might just have a visual or a or an auditory awareness, um, such as clairaudience, clairvoyance, as I said. And then I think it, it progresses right up to the out-of-body experience, the full sensory experience, where there's a physical sense, a, a visual, hearing, the whole thing is there. And then I think even within that, there are levels and depths of that experience and how far it can go. And I think when, when you get to the near-death experience, I've never had one, but from what I can gather from my research, it seems that maybe that's another another level further again, where there's that maybe that total separation of uh, uh, the usual state of mind and body and uh, consciousness. Okay, so you started designing and building uh, structures. Well, you you mentioned this earlier um, that you say were. Uh, conducive to OBEs and other states of consciousness. Uh, what's that all about? Well, uh, well, very early on in uh, when I started to have my out-body experiences, um, this obviously made people around me quite curious uh, what was going on, and, and many of them wanted to experience the OBE for themselves. So pretty much as soon as I learned, learned to do it for myself, I, I was sharing these ideas and trying to help other people to have their own out-of-body experiences. So uh, initially I, I just used the standard techniques that I'd read in various books, but at, at a particular point I, I realized that there's only so far you can go with visualization techniques, for example, which were the common ones that, that I was coming across. Um, so then I started to experiment with different ways that I could take someone else from a normal state of consciousness to a state of consciousness where they were close to the kind of state that I get into before I have my out-of-body experiences. I, I've uh, never used any form of drugs or anything like that, and I never wanted to go down that route. Um, so I wanted to explore maybe what we could do with our, with our natural state and our, and our senses and those kinds of things. So... I, over time, designed uh, the first structure, which was called Epicene, um, which was this idea of being in some kind of in-between state, like um, like a liminal state. Um, so I, I, I thought that lifting the person off of the ground would be the first thing that would be useful because it would get that sensation of floating. So then I wanted to find a way that they that the platform that they were lifted onto would feel almost like it was floating. So I, I started to use wire and things like that to lift the platform. Um, then I started uh, working with 
trying out different frequencies and things like that because I'd heard about Monroe's approach, Robert Monroe's approach. Mm. But I, I didn't find binaural beats particularly effective for me personally. So um, then I started to work in different ways and then I added in um, hypnosis and started to explore hypnosis or neurolinguistic programming within the context of the structures. And, and gradually over time, they became more advanced and um, even working with virtual reality and uh, computer-generated uh, imagery and things like that as well. So it's gone right through till um, now I'm working on some new some new devices that, that take that even further. And there's actually a structure being built in England as well based on my research. So there's a there's a lot of things going on in that area but yeah it, it's uh what i found was it was just more effective because it it if you think about something like hypnosis if you're just asking someone to visualize or to or to just think um about something it can only have an impact to a certain degree whereas if you actually physically do something if you actually go to a place or you or you go through the actions of doing something i think the the impact psychologically is actually stronger than just trying to imagine doing it. Hmm. Well, uh, let me share a little bit about what we have done with this subject. Uh, I long ago suspected that the, as you suggest, the astral body thing might be questionable. And uh, so I thought, well, perhaps some kind of, just as you described, consciousness projection was in play here. But then... By the late 1970s, I was working, and again, most of my work it was in the context of uh, ghost research and poltergeist, things of this kind. I began to suspect very strongly that, that uh, the explanation for most or all things paranormal can be found in the multiple worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, which um, at least some of uh, the interpretations of which suggest that all things that can exist do exist and are real. At some point in this multiverse of, you know, interactive uh, parallel worlds, so I thought that in this context it might be possible that OBEs are in fact the realization of where someone already is. In even if it's flying or some other, the 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 laws of physics of physicists have suggested are probably quite different from world to world or this sort of thing. So th th this suggested a possible, uh, and I thought rather plausible scenario for the, the OBE experience. Uh, what say you? Have you ever seen any evidence of that? That people really aren't going anywhere? They're just uh, becoming aware of where they already are? Um, I, I tend to lean towards the idea that we we might be in some kind of network of interconnected consciousness that mm. that's that's kind of how i generally look at it as far as um alternate realities um with with the with the obe or the idea of the many worlds i think i lean more towards maybe the copenhagen interpretation and the right, right, right. the idea that uh, consciousness might be at, at some fundamental level um key to reality but I'm, I'm very, I'm very close to uh, Tom Campbell. If you, if you're aware of his work, oh yes, okay. In terms of how I look at things, almost like digital physics. Yeah, um, interesting. But, but at the same time, as as I've said with with other things, I, I generally keep an open mind, and I think that with OBEs, there's there's so little research. Um, 
there's, for example, recently there's that there hasn't really been anything done in terms of the veridical side or the objective factual side of the outer body experience. The most recent research, it goes right back to Robert Monroe in the 1960s and Charles Mm -hmm. Tarp. Um, so it, you know, that, that's a, that's an unbelievable situation really that, that in, in all of the parapsychologists that are out there are either focusing on near death experiences or remote viewing or telepathy, etc. But not, um, not the outer body experience. And I think, um, that's a real area that's, uh, still ripe for, for exploration and to really look at what's going on. Because some people argue that, the outer body experience is is not very objective and this is because there's there's some kind of alternate reality at play mm-hmm. um but then in my own experiences actually obes have been very accurate and when i look at um what's been happening with the near-death experience um janice holden for example found that 92 percent of near-death accounts the the veridical factor the the objective factor is is um is accurate you know they're they're seeing what's really going on um and i think that's yeah i I think that's that's very interesting when you when you think about it in terms of whether the experience is illusory or not Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah i i think there are elements that can come into play um but i think that any faculty where human consciousness or the human mind or whatever you want to call it is at play there's always going to be misinterpretations or um, um, bits of information that are lost and, and etc so um, that doesn't surprise me particularly but the but the, the vast majority of the information that comes through in these experiences it is objective as far as I can see mm-hmm. interesting and I wanted to get back to uh, something we began to talk about during the last break and uh, we're, we have another one coming up but we'll we'll get through it uh, this was a uh, the case of a of a dear friend of mine, uh, one of them, a fellow I've known for 30, 35 years or so, and he would have frequent out-of-the-body experiences, spontaneous out-of-the-body experiences. He didn't try to do so. Um, and then, it's interesting, he was, um, he always despaired of, of, of uh, finding a wife because he, you know, he was, uh, he considered himself so odd and interested in esoteric studies and who else could... And meteorites and fossils. And one day he was in the bookstore and in the meteorite section or something. And, and uh, th- there she was, uh, standing right there. <laughs> began to um, immediately click, as they say, and they, they married. And then they both started having out of the body experiences, or con- I should say, continued having out of the body experiences uh, spontaneously. Now, my, I don't know about his wife, but my friend was effectively terrified by these, primarily because he was afraid he would not. You know, he had, he had the, the, the perhaps astral understanding, and he was afraid that he would not get back to his own body. But he would, as you say, uh, report things that turned out to be accurate. He would fly over, in this case, Providence, Rhode Island, and he would uh, look, look in people's way. He didn't want to do these things, but he, you know, he found it fascinating. But he just he was always afraid he wouldn't get back to, to his, uh, his body. So when we come back... I'd ask you to uh, perhaps mull that during the break and then perhaps uh, uh, report why you might think that uh, he would be afraid or, or, or have you yourself run into other people with similar experiences who didn't even have to try to have them 
uh, and or were afraid of having them. So anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com with our guest, Graham Nichols, on the subject of -of out-of-the-body experiences. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. Situations running through my head Looking back through time You know it's clear that I've been blind I've been a fool To open up my heart to all that jealousy That bitterness, that ridicule CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. 
And welcome back. And we're speaking again with Graham Nichols, the expert on OBEs and author, whose books we'll hear about in a moment. But before we do that, uh, Graham, we during during the break I was discussing a, uh, and actually before the break I was discussing a, a dear friend of mine whose OBEs were spontaneous, didn't even have to try, and at the same time very. Uh, rather terrifying to him because primarily he was afraid of not getting back to his body. Was there any foundation to his fear? And uh, how does it work when people don't even have to try to have out-of-the-body experiences? Are there personality types involved and this sort of thing? I know there are two separate questions, but uh, perhaps uh, first you could discuss uh, if you run into people who are afraid of these phenomena. Well, I think the fear is quite common. Um, a lot of the uh, students I work with... Um, one of, one of the first things that I have to uh, move forward with and, and work with them on is, is often uh, the fears that they might have. Um, I think it's only natural when, when you consider that we have this understanding of that there's a spirit and that that spirit will continue on after death. And when we're having an out-of-body experience, we're essentially in that same state where we're out of our body looking at our physical body and we feel like we're the body outside, not the body laying on the bed or wherever it is. Um, so that can obviously be quite a, a scary thing to experience, especially mm. especially if you haven't tried to do that and it's just come on spontaneously like your like your friend. Um, I, I think so. So from there, it's it's a, it's a process of either that you 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 learn to understand that there's a lot of potential with the experience. And there isn't really anything particular to to fear in it. I mean, if I've been doing it for twenty five years and I've always came back come back to the body easily. Um mm. if if anything, the issue has always been more staying away from the body because your natural state is that you get drawn back to the physical body. So often um there it seems with most people there's around a twenty minute uh average time scale for an OBE. Um, so that's not a lot of time for most people to do what they, what they want to do. So often, um, when I'm working with someone, I'm, I'm trying to help them learn to stay out longer and to extend the experience. So, so I suppose you, with your friend, maybe if they'd, if he'd, um, become more engaged with different ideas and, uh, moved beyond the idea that it maybe is just a spirit body and, and looked into the idea that maybe it's more an expansion of consciousness into mm-hmm. a into a different level, um, then maybe the fear wouldn't have been such an issue for him. Good idea. Okay. Are there certain personality types that have OBEs more readily than others? Um, I haven't found a particular type. Um, it seems that... There are different qualities um, within people that can help. For example, um, if someone is very fearful, that that will often hold them back and lead to them maybe not having the experience quite quite so much or things like that. If they're trying to learn it and they've got uh, fears, then I think that can hold them back. Maybe um, if they're not very positive in their outlook, I think optimism and positivity is very good for learning the skill. Um, pe- people do seem to do better if they if they have this this optimism because often um, if it does 
require a level of intensity and, and mental focus, it's good to have a, a positivity about you when you're doing that because otherwise that can be quite draining. Um, so I think uh, that's that's quite something I've noticed. But it's more, it's, it's not so much a, a, a personality type as a whole, but more qualities that someone might have that can be helpful. Um, okay. And... and I think what what I've done in in my second book, I've, I've divided up people in terms of their types, like whether they're a visual person or a, a kinetic person, or, or what kind of person they are. If you go go back to what I was saying about people are psychical in different ways, like the clairvoyant or the clairaudient. If you think about that in terms of a person trying to learn a skill, if they're particularly gifted as say a painter or an artist or something like that then a visual approach will probably be more beneficial to that person and if they're more physical then then i would use physical approaches like i have um a technique i call it's really a series of techniques called the g technique which is uses uh the physical body and breathing in order to bring about the obe so whatever kind of person I'm working with, I have different approaches that, that I can recommend and, and cater to them. So really it's more, it's more in the, the quality of the person rather than their whole personality type, I would say. Mm -hmm. All right. So my dad had a case in Maine in 1979 and, um, it had, uh, had to do with this girl who was a student in Connecticut, but, uh, these people in a house in Maine saw her as a ghost and she had dreams of being in the house and uh, uh, people saw her doing what she was doing when she was dreaming, but not at the same time as she was dreaming it. So what would you call that? As complicated as that description is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, seeing someone's uh, double in, in uh, it, it is common in terms of when the person has actually had an out-of-body experience. But again, if you go back to this idea that we're dealing with some form of extended consciousness, then maybe that person dreaming, maybe their, their consciousness is also extended during that process. I do think there's a clear difference between dreams and OBEs. But um, at, it, as I said earlier, if, if it's on this continuum of, of experiences, then I think that a dream can contain psychical elements the same way that an out-of-body experience contains psychical elements. So it's, it's a, I think that can often be the case. And I've had students who've uh, been seen by their partner, for example, at another location. I've had people who've uh, said they've seen a shadowy form of me at another location. I've had experiences where with a new, a new uh, partner, um, there's been a connection that, that, uh, she's been aware of my presence and I've been aware of her presence, this mutual uh, awareness. So I, I think um, I think seeing an, an apparition of a living person is actually far more common than, than is often discussed. Um, I, I think. agree. Yeah. We, we were uh, talking during one of the breaks about uh, my old friend, uh, the late Scott Rogo, and you had read his book, uh, <coughs> excuse me, on this subject, uh, as have many people and I am struck by the experiment that he did with uh, Dr. Keith Harari who was also an acquaintance of mine 
and they were in California, and uh, they had agreed to uh, do an experiment to see if an out-of-the-body experience could be uh, perceived by someone else. And sure mm-hmm. enough, Scott reported that he saw Keith uh, walking down his hallway in transparent form uh, when, at late at night, when Keith was... Uh, was dreaming this, or at least was having an out-of-the-body experience uh, in a deliberate manner. He wasn't dreaming, as if there is a difference. So that that uh, that struck me as well. But but the thing with this main case was that the, the sightings of the girl occurred when she was just going about her day. She wasn't in. A, she was in class. She was you know having a meal on campus, whatever. Uh, and these people would see her doing what she dreamed of at a different time. And and, and that that kind of struck me at the time i didn't have a clue what this was but as the years went by and my own theories kind of became formulating you know, rightly or wrongly that, that that's i did that that continued to continue to uh, just strike me as as odd but uh, anyway now there we are who knows um uh, so uh can you talk about how you yourself bring about an obe do you do it deliberately or how often do you do it and is there an optimum time for the duration of an OBE, uh, or can what happens if you just keeps going on and on? I mean, what 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 sort of uh, how do how do you handle these things? Um, well, as I mentioned, I, I think it's it's around twenty minutes is the average I'd say for me um, and and for people I work with. Um, but I have the longest I've ever had was twelve hours. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I suppose it's not uncommon for an experience to maybe be in the region of an hour to two hours, something like that. Um, but, but they're, they're rarely that long. It, it, the, the average does usually come in around 20 minutes. I'm curious um, what you were doing during these 12 hours. I mean, was your partner poking you with a stick all the time? What? <laughs> um, I was single at the time, so, so okay. I was, I was, I was just, the cat might have been after you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it was really just, I think, physically, I just appeared to be sleeping. Um, but uh, and the actual out-of-body experience didn't seem to be 12 hours to me. Mm. Um, it, it seemed like much less in terms of time. But then when I, when I checked the time, when I, when I came out of the experience, I was shocked to see that it had, it had been 12 hours. Um, I always, in my diaries... Uh, Especially at that time, I used to do, do my OBE practice in a very structured way. So I would literally write start time in my diary, and then I would lay down, go through the process. If I had an out-of-body experience after it had finished, I would then write end time. So I literally could see how long the experiences lasted. Good idea. Well, we have another break, I'm afraid. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio at NewSkyRadio.com. And our guest, Graham Nichols, we will be right back after the break, so stay with us. Mondays are motivational. It all begins with you. And that's where the Movement Within featuring life coach April Claxton comes in. Join April and her uplifting guests Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Featured on Animal Planet, Court TV, Unsolved Mysteries, and The Hauntings, Psychic Barbara Mackey. Barbara is a sixth-generation psychic medium, animal psychic, and spirit communicator. Tune into Visions with Barbara Mackey at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. There are four corners, and Will and Nancy will take you there at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Existence is what we live for. 
Adventure is our journey. Metaphysical topics, inspiring and educational guest speakers, psychic readings, and more. Artie's the Party with Angels and Answers, Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Psychic readings and more. Join the fun. What goes bump in the night? Heidi knows. At 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Heidi Hollis's The Outlander will lunge into topics on all things outlandish and more. Call in or write Heidi to vent or get advice about your paranormally inspired curiosities or challenges. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Geek Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Well, we're back with our guest, Graham Nichols, and I wanted to give Graham a chance to talk about his books, his website, and his online course. Graham, go for it. Okay, well, um, for those who are interested in uh, learning a bit more about how to have their own out-of-body experiences, um, I've written a book which is a, a detailed personal guide on, on how to do it. Um, it has lots of original approaches that aren't in any other books. Um, and it's called Navigating the Outer Body Experience, and it's available on Amazon and in bookshops. Um, and also, for so- anyone who wants to get one-on-one coaching, um, I do it via Skype, and I, I do a whole course, and I also include my infraliminal sound technology in that, so people can get in contact with me via my website. And, uh, yeah. Very good. Work. Okay. So... I wish we had another two hours, uh, but do you – what one wonders about the relationship between the phenomenon of OBEs and, and that of the shamanic experience or even the UFO abduction experience? I mean, because we don't have really time to talk about that, but what but do, what um, what is happening as far as the shamanic experience is concerned in relation to this? Do you see parallels? I do. I, I, I think the, the technical definition of shamanism is actually the, uh, a journey out of the body to another level in order to bring back healing for the community. That's what they tell um, me, yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 it seems to me that the out-of-body experience is, is quite fundamental to, to all cultures and maybe, maybe we have lots of different names referring to different levels of the experience, but I, I think, uh, I think probably the shamanic experience, depending on the culture we're talking about and what exactly they do, um, but I think probably it has elements of of the classic out-of-body experience and, and it's maybe that they're going into other levels, which um, the other levels are obviously the, the, the part that really becomes very fascinating because it brings up questions of the afterlife, it brings up all these ideas of whether there are other universes, all of this kind of thing, because uh, when you when you do go deep into the outer body experiences, I've experienced these wide senses of interconnectedness of like a universal mind, but then I've also had experiences of seeing um, people who seem to have passed on. Um, so it's almost like I've gone into the afterlife levels within the experience, and then in other experiences, there's been this. Uh, Going into what I would call the summerlands, almost idea where it's, it appears to be a, a very beautiful earth-like environment filled with light and uh, luminous beings, um, that kind of thing. So you, you again, is this all just factors of consciousness that we're dealing with, or, or is it some kind of literal other level, other level of reality or other area of reality? That's that's a real fascinating question for me, and something that really drives me with all of this work to to explore more and to really see what's out there. Well, that, that's that's a, a very lofty and idea, and certainly a, a wonderful goal because we will follow your work closely because of the experiences we ourselves have had. I tend, as I say, to be more 
intellectual and that sort of thing, and Ben is a little less so, but uh, I hey. nevertheless have had experiences. So go ahead, Ben. I'm intellectual. What are you talking about? Oh, you're intellectual, but no, I'm in the sense that you don't you don't let it get in the way. Oh, okay. Makes See, I, I, I guess I kind of less insulting. Do you, do you want to bounce anything off off uh, Graham here, as far as your own experiences are concerned? Uh, I don't even know if you can count most of them as OBEs. Okay, well, so. we're kind of out of time anyway. We yeah. have to do, but yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so anyway, Graham, uh, thank you so much. It's been a delightful conversation and a very illu- illuminating interview. And <clears throat> excuse me, we will follow your work very closely and stay in touch. And uh, let's um, l- let's continue to uh, to watch how you how you proceed. And Indeed. and your open mindedness is is so refreshing and commendable. Well, thank you. Really enjoyed the interview too. Very good. Well, we'll be in touch off the air. Indeed. Okay. Great. Okay. Now for some of our announcements. Oh, what fun. So my dad and I will be speaking at the Grove House Hotel in Woodbridge, Suffolk, England on Saturday, September 22nd from 7 to 11 p.m. Uh, the ticket price of £15. Pounds. Includes a full buffet dinner provided by the hotel and proceeds will benefit local charities. So the evening will include a town hall style meeting on paranormal events in this highly active area, which was the scene of the famous Runners from Forest UFO incidents of 1980. Uh, Larry Warren, witness to the event and uh, co-author of the book Left at Eastgate, plans to be with us that evening. So, for more information and to buy tickets, visit www.spaceportuk.com slash events or go to behindtheparanormal.com and look for the link to that site under What's New. And I just wanted to point out something we haven't got in the script, but I thought people might like to know. Uh, we have a large listening audience in uh, East Anglia and in Suffolk particularly, probably because of our extensive coverage of the Rendlesham case. Uh, we will be arriving uh, from, uh, well, from the west of England, where we'll be visiting relatives. We'll be arriving uh, on the uh, Friday uh the day before, Friday evening, the day before the 22nd, the 21st, and then on the 22nd itself, we will be available during the day uh, at the hotel. If people would like to come and, and uh, just sit and talk and, and meet us and, and uh, have a little time to uh, uh, just exchange some ideas, and uh, we'd like to hear about people's experiences in this area because we feel it's very important that the, the entire paranormal picture of this region be researched, and that's what we've been doing in our, our uh, on our lecture tour, so to speak, our unofficial lecture tour, which has mostly been in New England, uh, researching flap areas. So that's uh, something that you might want to consider if you are going to be in that area. Uh, Finally, uh, Ben and I will be featured speakers at the All Hallows' Eve Psychic Fair at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island, on Sunday, October 28th. Uh, Watch for more info on these events at BehindTheParanormal.com, our show website. You can also uh, buy my books on that site. Information is available there on uh, all sorts of information on, I should say, guests, past, present, and future. And uh, also lots and lots of podcasts. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we'll see you next week, August 22nd, when my dad and I will welcome author and expert in electromagnetic fields, Catherine Sperling. For a discussion uh, about on about whether uh, e- EMF meters uh, can encounter encounter in par- uh, what EMFs can, can, we can encounter. I don't even drink any caffeine <laughs> in paranormal situations and can be hazardous to our health. Yeah, electromagnetic fields, electropollution, that'll be the subject in the context of um, a lot of the things that people are doing, and all you gadget happy ghost jockeys out there, better listen to that one. 
All right, so in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And you can always get free podcasts of all our shows, my dad mentioned, at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we leave you with a quick thought from American author Erica Jong. Advice is what we ask for when we already know the answer but wish we didn't. All right, thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.